Hi there, uh, I'm Antonio and I've got my three fellow wellbeing coaches with me. Um, as part of the programme we've, we've been working on, um, working with some academy footballers, we wanted to start doing weekly podcasts based off the topics that we're covering with them. Um, so this week we'll be talking about transitions and we've got some talking points surrounding that topic which we'll cover throughout. Um, I'll introduce Brad now, who's one of the wellbeing coaches. How are we doing? Um, my name is Brad Thornton, um, trainee sports psychologist. I'm going to pretend for the next half an hour that I'm an expert on transitions, uh, something that we're going to be focusing on this week um, and something that's quite important for all young sports people, but particularly in football, where it seems to be a, quite a, a cutthroat environment, should we say, in terms of uh, selection when it comes to a, a certain age. So looking forward to, to chatting about that in a wee bit more detail and, and provi providing some, some insight onto my own thoughts on it. Cheers, Brad. Uh, we've got Vicky as well. Hi, everyone. My name is Vicky. Um, I've just finished my master's in sports and exercise psychology at Stirling University. And I'm also very excited for this week's topic. I think transitions are something that impact everyone in life. There are so many different types that people go through. So I'm excited to chat about it. And last but not least, we've got Louis. Hi, my name is Louis Kerr. I'm also a trainee sport and exercise psychologist. Um, as Vicky and Brad said, this is a really important topic. I actually did my dissertation on transitions and the transitions that young players in football academies would, would go through um, when they came out of the academy. So as really important and um, I am looking forward to, to speaking about it. Cheers, Louis. So, I mean, that's important to know. So if anything we say in this podcast is really incorrect, you can blame Louis' dissertation for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, if we get into it, then what are transitions and what do they look like? I think Louis should go first. <laughs> Put pressure on myself. Uh, so you've got two different types of transitions. You've got ones that you would expect. These are called normative transitions so that would be transitioning from like going through the age groups uh, say you're in a youth academy that's something that you'd expect to do uh, and then you've got non-normative transitions so those are the ones that are unexpected and you're maybe not prepared for so that would be a long-term injury for example or a um, or being released from, a, from an academy. So that's that's an example within sport. Um, transitions in general are just period, a period of change um, that, you, that you go through and they can happen outside the sport as well. So that's just a kind of overview of what it is in sport. That's great. I think um, first hand, I'm sure we've all experienced transitions. So um, just so the players listening can get a good idea of what they may look like what they'll be facing. Um, you know, just off the top of my head, I know a transition period for me was when I finished doing my, or in, in, in England compared to Scotland, I finished doing the GCSEs, which I think are equivalent of your hires. Um, and then I transitioned from the school that I had been at to a new school to do my A-levels, which I think are your further hires, I think is the equivalent. 
not sure I think exactly. A levels and hires are the same. GCSEs are, are yeah. like one below. Yeah. Yeah. Lost with the UK education system here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I think you know a transition can look like moving from one school to another, um, or you know. Changing, changing your job that you might be on a part-time job you're doing or the you know, job you're doing now and moving on to another one. These can all be periods of change that can, they might seem small, but they can have big knock-on effects. Um, yeah, I think other other transitions, as, as Louis said, can be more dramatic. I know for me, a transition period that I found quite dramatic was, you know, moving away from home and heading off to university. I'm sure Vicky, you probably experienced similar. Yeah, I think for me, it wasn't necessarily going from like school to undergrad because it was sort of the plan. So that was like, OK, but I think the hardest one I found is coming out of the master's because there is no more uni to do. And mm -hmm. now you sort of just have to go and find your own way, because when you go into first year, you know, you have like three more years and they're all sort of planned. There's nothing big that's changing, whereas when you come out of the master's. You need to like find a job you need to see how you go into further training and i feel like that puts a lot of pressure on yourself because there's so many people during the masters who already have jobs or they have connections or they know they're going on to do a doctorate and everything is planned and that wasn't the case for me so i found that quite hard don't know if either you brad or louis have had similar feelings at all yeah mine's just probably like the hardest transition i've done was probably like going from school to first year of uni because like all the unis that I applied for were based around the fact that I didn't want to move away from home because like, I didn't feel like I was ready to but then the only uni that I got into was in Dundee which is for me is like two and a bit hours away which means like you need to move and I remember like when we went up and like I got dropped off and stuff like that like in my flat and I was like I don't know how I'm going to do this. I didn't think that I would, like, um, I don't think I would have got through, like, my, my first year of uni if it wasn't for, like, joining the football team and, like, meeting all those boys and, like, having a, like, that support network where we're all basically doing the same thing. Like, if it wasn't for that, or if it wasn't for that social group, I don't think I would have got through it. So, um, but I think the thing is with transitions is when you go through them, like, there is kind of space at the other side for you to like grow so uh, th that's one of the best decisions that I've made because like of how much it influenced me as a person um, and it's something that you know I wasn't comfortable with doing at the time but I think when you're out on the other side you know you've got more of a kind of open mind to different things so that's the main one for me. And Louis how about yourself? Just comparing to Brad's situation, he moved away to Dundee um, when he came out of school. Um, so he, he was talking about how that was quite far away. I moved to Glasgow, so that was like an hour away from where I was staying. So by the sounds of it, Brad's was quite a sudden transition. It was quite, um, I don't know the word to describe it, maybe quite quite a big transition at the time, whereas I moved to Glasgow, I'd still go home quite often, so I kind of eased into it, where I'd, I'd still have, see my family quite a lot, and then gradually, less and less, I'd, I'd see them over time, so, yeah, that was, that was a transition for me, but it was, it's just kind of highlights that everyone will go through different periods of change, 
and there will be loads of different factors that affect that transition. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just about trying to use all your the resources that you can. So Brad talked about uh, joining teams, uh, getting to know loads of different folk. Whereas I probably sort of relied on my family a bit more at the start because I could still I still had the opportunity to go down quite often. I also had to travel down for football. So I'd still see a lot of my friends from down at home. Um, so yeah, that was that was a period of transition for me. I wasn't wouldn't say it was particularly difficult, but it was still it was a learning experience and how to deal with change. Mm-hmm. I think interestingly enough, like when I went to uni as well, like I loved it and I was having a great time. But uh, and I wouldn't say I found it a particularly difficult transitional period, but there were moments where I think sometimes you do struggle. So like you might. I think when people talk about transitions, they think they either like get along absolutely fine or it's like a complete car wreck and you're really struggling. I think things that people need to know is that like often when you're going through a transition, it might be completely fine and you might just have that one slip. I know like one time I was I was loving uni, but I was like on a Sunday just FaceTime my dad and came off the call and I just felt really rubbish because I hadn't seen him for like months and that was just like out of nowhere. I kind of felt like a bit like, oh, this is a feeling I've not experienced before. Like but then like, I think, you know, after an hour or so, like, it went away and, and I was fine again. But I think often we think that like when people are struggling, it needs to be a big struggle where actually you can be completely fine. Just have little slip ups here and there. And um, I think what was so important for me was a bit like Brad. I had some friends through the sports teams that, was of, that really helped me on that. Um, <laughs> all right, there's <laughs> uh, It's just my dog and mental health. <laughs> um so yeah i think i think that's like another important thing to to highlight when it comes to them um just bring it back a little bit further back to to sport in general um i know we've we've got that um documentary that we that we're going to talk about but just before we get on to that i think has you know has any any of you experienced transitions within sport and what did that look like um I sorry, Lou, married to. I only go. Um, the one probably that was like the the most significant one for me is probably like boys club to like under 19s, basically, mm-hmm. when like you're starting to play against like people who are maybe a bit older than you and stuff like that, and um, you know, it's, uh, better standard as well. So I remember because we were always like really really good boys club team, and then when we went up to like under 19s, like. You had this period of everyone's life where you're like, you're maybe, well, for me, we were losing a wee bit of interest in football now because, like, you start finding out about stuff like, I don't know, say, like, going out at the weekend or you just pick up other interests, whereas before it was, like, all football. So when we dropped, when we went up to under-19s, like, a lot of our team would be, like, either getting ready to move away to uni or like just going through like different periods of our life. So our team ended up like folding and we were always a really like tight knit team like since like what since I was like twelve or thirteen. And we were always like would be up there winning the league and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden just because we're all going through different phases of our life, like, you know, the team's basically not a thing anymore. So that was probably one that that we struggled with most. Um because obviously we weren't we weren't that core group anymore. We were all off doing our own thing, and then that's probably impacted 
the way I went into uni as well. Because like I've went through the sports team that I've had all the time to then no one to then having to like meet a full new team and like boys from all different round Scotland. I was like, you know, I'm only used to hearing like a West Coast accent or that and you're like, this guy's from like Dundee or like Edinburgh and you're just everything's just so much going on. Uh so that transition for me was probably the main one and within sport anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say for me, I had quite a few in sport, but I had picked up a few injuries, but I'll talk about the one most recent, which I, I moved teams um, about two months ago. Um, and that was that was a transition for me that was quite unexpected because I wasn't, I'd just signed with my team for another season. I've been playing with them for eight years. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I this team came in for me and then I moved to them. Um, and it was all happened within the space of a week. And that was quite, um, quite, a lot, quite a few challenges that I didn't expect. So the team I originally played for, uh, I'm good, good friends with like a lot of the players in that team. And I'm also, I've, I've been used to playing for them for so long. So when... I initially moved, it was fine, but after a week or so, I found myself missing the team I was playing for. Like I missed the going to training and the social connection because the team I just moved to, I, I knew of people, but I didn't really know anyone. So I, it was quite isolating and I felt felt like a bit lonely. Um, so I think that initial transition period was quite difficult, but then it was all about just trying to build connections at my new team and trying so it's still a process that I'm going through but it's just important to remember that as like a process when you go through a transition it's almost like you need to rebuild again any like connections you have or um, sort of how you go about things so that that was my most recent experience of a transition in sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah I'm trying to think because there's I've never competed at like a higher level in sport I've done most sport more like recreationally for fun and to sort of meet people um but one that sort of sticks out is when I went to Canada I was like 14 obviously new country lived with a different family and I tried to make some friends and I joined the cheerleading team at school and uh, it was really cool because I got to meet a lot of people but for me like I said I did sport more recreationally and they also like we also competed and that was quite different for me going from sort of just having more fun and exercising to then also competing and we went on to like the whole province championships as well which was a really good experience but again sort of like with the new team not knowing anyone and I joined in like high school so it was like everyone knew each other from middle school um, whereas I was like completely new um, so that was quite hard as well but because they just sort of took me in. I made a lot of friends and that made it easier um, sort of going through that transition period. Um, but yeah, I'd say that probably is my biggest one in sport. Yeah, I think my biggest one was, um, and I'll, I'll probably bring it up quite a bit, but my biggest one was when I ended up quitting tennis that I'd been a big part of since I was like eight. And I eventually like quit when I was 14 um, and I had been traveling around Europe and I'd gone to America one a couple of times and stuff like that and 
I actually hadn't been at school full time since I was about 10. So then when I eventually did fully quit and go back to just put to being almost like a normal school kid again, I think that was a massive transition for me. And it was one that um, I wish I'd have had someone with my knowledge now to lean on for the support. Because um, it'd be, you know, you've you come back to school and you have to sort of work out how to settle into and, you know, where's my friendship group? Where do I fit in? What? Do I, what do I have in common with like the other people that are in my classroom because although I, I knew them I never really had the time to develop those connections with them properly um, and often you'd go and see like family or my dad owns a hair salon and I'd constantly go in the salon that would be you know I don't know Sally that I'd met like years ago would be like oh how's the tennis and you're like yeah I don't play that anymore and then they'd, they wouldn't know what to say next and it is that Who's transition and I think it's that shifted up like me trying to like shift an identity that I'd had on my back for like all that kind of been at that at that stage it kind of been all I'd known for the years so that was a huge transition and it took so much time to eventually like develop it and um you know it was it was definitely a difficult period but it was you know I look back at now I've got so many great memories and that because I just sort of threw myself all in in the end and just got involved in loads of different things either to do with school or out of school and stuff like that um so that was a really interesting transition period for me uh, but yeah, and, and tony think... just when like, just to pick up on what you're saying like so yeah. that that transition was it like more of a normative one or was it more of a was it more non-normative like were you expecting to quit the sport or did 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 something force that no so i just met i ended up just snapping one day and just decided that i didn't want to do it anymore so it was like there was no injury that like stopped me it was no like it was just purely the the pressure of it that actually in the end just got to me and I just ended up not wanting to play the sport um I'd found I'd just you know for a variety of reasons I'd struggled in the sport and I think at the end that was quite interesting I think um I'd actually just been you know offered like an, an agent to work out contracts and stuff like that but just didn't want it anymore so for me it was like I'd say it was non-normative because it wasn't expected. It wasn't one that had been like worked on over the months. It was just, I think obviously in my head, I've probably been working it out probably for years, but in terms of like people outside of that, no one really knew that had, had, had seen it coming sort of thing. Um, so that was pretty, yeah, it was quite abrupt, I think on that and, and on that front, because it wasn't like it, I slowly shifted back to normal life. It was just like now, nah, like I think one day I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore actually um so yeah and again that obviously changed the whole experience of it as well so yeah um but yeah away from from us and, and our own experiences i think if we um the the documentary we're talking about in question um was the bbc sport documentary on premier league academies the brutal release stories of Devonte redmond and owen bailey um at least I hope I've got the right the right one there. Um, yeah, and um, I think they had to. It was a really interesting uh, and quite eye-opening documentary. I think um, for those who haven't seen it. So um, obviously we'll share the link with with our players. But anyone else watching, definitely or listening, definitely go and uh, give that a watch. Um, I think obviously just to get started, these were non. Uh, yeah, I think they're non-normative. If I'm correct in saying. Um, these non-normative transitions that they went through and um, I think they had some really really amazing 
um, quotes in there thrown in and, and they're really open about it, which is so nice to see. It's so great to see people being open and, and expressing how they feel and, and what they experienced at the time, um, which was great. So I don't know what your guys' views were on it and, and any of your key takeaways just to start off with. Yeah, I think just to give like a brief overview to, <laughs> to, to anyone that might be listening is that i mean the first the first um the first player owned bailey so he basically went from reading and then he had trials at chelsea and then he ended up at uh, yovo and i think was it was it like uh was it his meniscus that he done he done that like twice so he done his meniscus then he was out and then he got back into training again and then basically it happened again and i think the one of the kind of main points that I took away from it was when he mentioned that he had this relationship with a coach who they would always have like good crack and like a laugh and stuff like that and then there was just one day after he'd done his knee for the second time or that uh, the coach just like couldn't look at him he just like couldn't face looking at him and then he says in the documentary he says that's just when I knew that like I'm, I'm about to get released here um, so yeah very kind of I mean, I'm, I can probably imagine that that was a really traumatic kind of experience for him. Um, but I think the important thing is that, you know, he was still involved in the sport at the time. Um, who was the team that he was playing for again, Louis? Was it Gateshead or something? Yeah, Gateshead. So I think they, yeah. played the, I think they played the conference. Yeah. Yeah, so... As much as like it's went been through this traumatic experience, and and for listeners that might say, well, that I wouldn't call that a success, successful transition because he's playing with a team that's not as good a standard. But I mean, for me, looking at it, as long as the individual is still involved in the sport and getting fulfilment out of the sport, then that should be taken as a success. Um, but he did outline that you know there wasn't enough support in place for him. So if there are more support. More, more support in place at clubs in terms of exit strategies, then it could have maybe helped them to, to I don't know, maybe stay involved at a higher level or um, stay connected to the club, stay affiliated with, with Newcastle, um, who, who he was at, his boyhood club. But um, for me, I mean, as long as he's still in the sport, he's, you could call that a bit of a success, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I'd pick up on a point that you said there. He obviously, he stayed in the sport, which as you can see is a success, but you mentioned about fulfilment, his own fulfilment. I think that's a really important point because you could have someone who's been released and they maybe stay in the sport just out of habit, like they think they should be playing football, but they might absolutely hate it um, after the experience they've had of, of being released. So I think the having that fulfillment and like maybe enjoying it as well and it seemed like in the video that he was happy and he was he was uh, enjoying his his whole experience at Gates Head. Um, so yeah I thought that was quite quite an important part to pick up on. I think the other the other player, Devon is it Devontae Redmond? His experience is quite different. So he's he was in and about the Man United first team, playing with Marcus Rashford. Like he was coming on as a sub, and then uh, all of a sudden he, unexpectedly, from what it seemed, he got released. Um, and he, I think he found out on Twitter 
Yeah, which, it was over Twitter. Which you was just, crazy. He said so, he started blowing up one day, didn't he? Yeah, so that's quite a different experience from the player at Gateshead. And I think Redmond, he, he spoke about how much he struggled with it. Uh, but he's he's also back playing football with Wrexham. Uh, I think they're League 2. So, again, you could say he seemed quite happy. He seemed fulfilled. So you could say that's a, another successful transition. Yeah, so I think um, what was quite amazing and stuck out to me, and I think I've, I've experienced it before, as we said, then he just... Like took his keys from his his mum and said he just wanted to go for a drive in the car and then, you know, at one point just started like breaking down the car and I think um I think everyone's had those moments sometimes whether you know when you it all just gets that bit too much and you just end up having a bit of a breakdown. I think what was so amazing and was that he then you know took a step back, looked at himself and said I need to go and get support and get help, and obviously that's great that he went out and did that and, and there's people that don't do that step which is a real shame but I think what's even even more uh, of a shame is that there wasn't that support for him already there um, and he hadn't had anything to lean on leading up to that stage so it actually took him getting to that level before he could eat before he thought to himself oh it's time to go and get help um, rather than having someone there who he felt he could talk to to begin with um, and interestingly enough I think uh, when I was looking at this BBC article um, just beneath it um, the, the BBC um, said that Crystal Palace were the first team to create a dedicated three year after package um, to players that got released from their academy um, so it's interesting that was only nine months ago um, that they that, that was posted so um, it's quite surprising that you know it's such a new thing to have come about I think what I just took from that as well and like um, what Brad and Tony said that there is no sort of <clears throat> exit support for the players from the clubs. I think where the players in that documentary got lucky is that first of all they talked about it um, which I think is very hard and that way they were able to get support from other places and I think especially for Owen um, he talked about in the beginning you start playing football for your family and there's all these expectations on you but it seemed like from the interview with his family that they were very supportive of him, like no matter what. And I think that's what helped him as well, having that support network outside of sport that he could fall back on when times were hard. Um, and I think that seemed to really have helped him as well. Yeah, I think additionally, just developing that point was also when you look at you look at um, that player and, and the fact that he had that support there from family to fall back on. A lot of these people don't, um, a lot of them don't have these, you know, a family around them or close friends that they can go and talk to. So I think that, again, is it's 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 nice that that guy had it there, but I think people forget that that's, that, like we take it for granted, that's not something that everyone's got there, um, which is a real shame. And I think, again, if we um, just start sort of moving on to, so it doesn't get too, too dark as a podcast I think you know it's making sure we have those things in place already as well leading up to you know so when even when you're going through the small transitional stages you know moving teams or moving up an age group it's having the support there so players can turn to, to someone or they've they've got the, the skills to know what to do to help deal with these sort of things that are so important um yes yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what your guys thoughts are surrounding that or surrounding the idea of making sure that we're doing or making sure that athletes have got the support and are doing the right things 
when they come across these small hurdles um so that when it comes to some the bigger ones or tougher times they they've already got the, the training and they've already, got, they've already got the skill and the support system in, in place i think one of the key skills i was thinking about is self-awareness so having having self-awareness in the first place but also having a, an awareness of the transition what transitions are like what you can face in transitions and that's the whole point why we are doing this to try and sort of bring awareness to it um but i think touching on the point of self-awareness if if you're aware of how you're feeling and you kind of keep on top of that like you use the example of uh, Devontae redmond he he was really aware of how he was feeling he said he was saying he was really down and that's why he went and seeked help so I think that helped him in that moment, uh, that self-awareness of, well, I, I need to go and get help. And he's, he's now he's now improved, or he's, he's um, feeling better now. So I think self-awareness is definitely something that's, that's really important. I think, <clears throat> sorry, just to add to that, and I mean, that's a bit part of the program is like all the little things that you can do and the skills you should learn as a like as a person, like they're not only good for sport, they're good for life. <laughs> I'm sorry, in general. Um, so I guess that's what we've been trying to do with the program, like talking about mental resilience, talking about goal setting. Um, those are all things that can then help you sort of prepare yourself um and learning like these can help you with like the smaller things but you also know if something bigger comes along that you're then prepared to deal with this and you know what you can do you know who you can reach out to and i think that's really important yeah i think it just goes back to what we were talking about before this podcast that the transition like the transition isn't just as you're going through it it's like before it and then during it and then after it as well so everything that we're doing now is that before phase um like in preparation for a potential transition whether that's you know going up a year at school whether that's going up to the 18s whether that's getting a pro contract or or anything else in between so i think going back to the question like we need to be mindful of when we are overcoming challenges and having that self-awareness like you'd mentioned, Louie, and being able to reflect on, I just experienced a bit of a challenge or a setback. What did I do to overcome it? And maybe I can rely on that next time when there's going to be a potentially bigger um, challenge that comes my way. So about understanding the kind of the mental resources that you maybe have at your disposal, at your disposal to to be able to to overcome these challenges and i think all the things that we've been teaching on the program so far if you want to call it teaching um could help you in that situation to overcome it um so i think this topic probably ties in quite nicely towards you know the back end of the the program as well oh, no. that's what i was gonna say as well see there in the video the Forget the gate side player's name. What's his name again? Owen Bailey. Owen Bailey. So his mum talks about how he, if he 
goes through like a period of change or something happens, he can get quite down, but then he bounces back really quickly from it. And the video is only nine minutes, so it would be good if she could kind of expand on it. But that suggests to me that he is a really resilient person, that he's able to bounce back quickly. So in his case, like to use an example, for him to um, sort of be resilient in the future and, and sort of bounce back from more challenges, it would be good for him to think, why am I resilient? What have I got in place that means that I bounce back quickly? Um, so it could be a number of things. It could be social support. It could be things we've mentioned, being, being self-aware. Um, it could be just simply looking after his own his own, uh, his own health. So like um, getting enough sleep, like eating all the right things, just looking after himself to make sure that he has all the resources to, to deal with with any problems that comes his way. Yeah, I think another amazing quote that came from that interview there, with especially with, with the mother, um, was when she said that uh, Owen is is um, her son who just happens to be a footballer, not a footballer who happens to be her son. Because um, for me, it just, and it's, it's what we have been trying to get across to the players as well, is that idea of having the awareness of your own identity in that you are so much more than just that player who goes out and puts on a number and goes on the pitch and is really talented on the pitch. You, you, there's way more to you um, and there's there's always way more to a person. Um, I know that's something that I struggled with when I stepped away from that tennis was working out who I was and I think if you can have that developed already and you can be working to build that, that side of you um, outside of just on the pitch or whatever you're respective sport is again that that can have a massive impact on on how you experience transitions and, and how you get through them and or how you experience say an injury where you have to step away from from the pitch for a little while it's, it's having those other things that you can focus on to give yourself that even mental break break so you're not just constantly focused on one thing um i think that can be really impactful so i think that was a real a real great um key takeaway at the end I just want to add one thing to what Louise said before. I think people often forget like the amount of small things that you can do to take care of yourself when you're struggling, like even just like eating enough, sleeping enough, um, being mindful. Those are all small things that you can do um, to help you when you struggle because it's just the basic, so to speak, and that can also have a big impact on how you then deal with any stressors that come up. Yeah, that's great. Um, I, like you said, it is really important and it often does get overlooked. It's the small things that can have the biggest impacts for sure. Um, is there anything else that people want to discuss around this topic at all? Yeah, I just think it's important to, to you know, get across that these transitions, and they do sound a bit doom and gloom, but there is like potential for growth at the other side of them. Um, the transition might be one you don't even pay much attention to because like you've enjoyed going through that phase and then you'll come out the other side with, you know, a different perspective or, you know, you, you maybe understand yourself a bit more because you went through this. So they're not always doing gloom. There's, there's success stories everywhere in elite football. If you look at players um, going through a, a bad injury, 
one that comes to mind is like even you've got like Christian Eriksen who was obviously at the Euros like uh, last year, the back end of last year, and and he went through a, a massive transition uh, stage in his life, and and now he's back and he's he's at the other side and he's playing for Man United, um, and he's he's going to be at the World Cup um, like next week, so uh, there are kind of you know real miracle type stories in terms of that that you know you can come out the other side um more grateful for for anything that's happened in the, in the past as well yeah agreed and i think you know another one that springs to my mind um i know i keep bringing up to you guys but that was you know ryan mason is such a great story he had a career-ending injury and and the resilience that he must have had and and also the awareness of himself to develop on becoming a coach and and working within the the um the environment of, around Tottenham um, has just been like, amazing to see. You know, he's kept himself involved in the sport, but in a different angle. And I think that's also a good thing to do is is in, increase your awareness of, the, of what makes you tick, not just when it comes to, you know, kicking a ball about. It can be anything else surrounding that sport as well. Um, so, yeah, that's really good. All right, I think we seem to have um, exhausted the our knowledge around this. Uh, I don't know if anyone has any final pieces they want to say to close it up. All right, great. Um, that's, that's fine. That's perfect. Um, yeah, so thank you for listening to all you all you guys that have tuned in. Um, the players on the program. Be sure to check out the stories that we post in later on today surrounding the documentary um, and other related um, related pieces of information that I'm sure we will be dropping to you. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. Yep, cheers everyone. Cheers. Cheers.